What's happening, guys? Welcome to Jester Radio. Welcome to a new episode. Actually, first sponsored episode ever, so that's pretty dope. Gasoline Denim Co. The South African premium online brand that caters for individuals who are looking for denims with extra stretch and versatility. The skinny fit clings to the shape of the body, contouring perfectly as possible for the waist to the ankle. I've got about two pairs of gasoline denim now, and actually, I'm going to be honest, I prefer them to my G-Star Raw jeans. I actually would rather wear my gasoline denim jeans to my G-Star Raw. And I mean, that's a big say. So guys, go check out Gasoline Denim on Instagram and Facebook and go purchase your first pair because they're pretty cheap. So go go cop them while you can. So my guest today, probably best known as Rikus. Bro, welcome <laughs> and thank you so much for coming. Thank you for having me. I'm excited, man. So introduce <coughs> yourself. You're, you're not actually Rikus. That would be an alias. You know, <laughs> a little stage name. Known as. Yeah, it's uh, Rikus Valman on Sevenon. But my name is Andre Lotte. And um, I'm an actor and a weekend warrior, a sports and fitness enthusiast. Yeah, so that's actually <coughs> how I actually grew up watching Seven Delon, but actually how I came about to know you and see you on Instagram was actually through your sponsorship with USN. Yeah, yeah, yeah. that happened about four years ago. Actually, when I started with Seven Delon, I started with USN. Yeah, okay. so it was, it's a nice journey so far. Yeah, I needed something to back me, you know, to, with the training that I'm doing. Yeah. Not that I'm training like you, but... Yeah, yeah. yeah so. I actually... Bro, you're not going to believe this. So I'm actually English, but my, my dad's Afrikaans, and I grew up watching Seven Delon probably much since I could read. Yeah. I, was re- I was always reading the <laughs> subtitles. So I, 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 my mom actually still watches Seven Delon to this day, so I can guarantee she's been watching Seven Delon for over 30 years. I think it's actually been around for we, that long. We, we've been on air now for 20 years. Okay, tw- 20, 20 years. years yeah. Yeah. So that was an exaggeration, but I mean, I... It feels that long. Yeah, it has, <laughs> and it has, it's probably one of the longest-lasting series in I South think Africa. It, I think currently it's generations, um, but Seven Delon is the longest-running not that I said the other soaps aren't popular, but it's yeah. an extremely popular soap. So it's 20 years. Our ratings have been just going up and up and up. And we are Afrikaans soap. So the ratings that we have for an Afrikaans, well, 70% Afrikaans yeah. and the rest English and Vernac is, is quite yeah, huge. And um, yeah, I mean, we've been entertaining them for 20 years now. August, uh, April, it was 20 years. That's incredible. And some of the, obviously not everyone's been on there the entire time. But yeah. I'm sure there's some people that have been on there. Well, now I think... I think the last year was um, Vinette and uh, who else was there from the beginning? And Hilda, who played Hilda. So, but currently, cast members that are that are airing now, everybody is new, kind of new, not from okay. from the beginning in terms of two thousand. What two thousand when they started? How long? How long have you been on? I've clocked four years uh, in April. Okay. <laughs> yeah. And you, I remember, I always think when I started watching, it was probably when I was in my second varsity. I'd go home on the weekend and maybe on a Sunday watch all of the, the episodes. The omnibus. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, you were your personal trainer to start off with. What is your first initial introduction to the show as in, as your character? So yeah, I was I got the brief and um, it was a sports guy. He was a tennis player, pro yeah. tennis player. Okay, so you, you worked at the shop and you saw and you sold the rackets and everything. What yes. was the shop's name? Uh, TNT. TNT. It was yes. called back in the day Terol and Interblanc. Yes. yes. Yeah. And so obviously because because that family left the show, they had to kind of reinvent uh, uh, the name and they just kept TNT because they didn't want something extremely new. Yes. So they just kept it TNT. So um, yeah, Hirikas was uh, in America. He played uh, professional tennis there. 
and then he got um, busted for performance uh, enhancing drugs. Did they ever say what drugs it was? They never or? said it because I, I actually told the, the, the writers, I can give you a couple of names that, yeah. that people use, specifically like tennis players, because you're not going to use something that's going to bulk you. Yeah. And they're like, no, we don't want to go into that. But, um, but the storyline was of, of, of such a nature that he didn't pursue it. His coach gave it to him unknowingly. Uh, so he kind of had that, he was obviously terminated from his contract, but um, he had to deal with coming back and being, uh, you know, fa- not a failure, but feeling like yes. a failure. So, so it was interesting getting getting the part because I had to stay in shape the entire time, yeah. and that forced me to train. Not that I'd never. Did that was it the the role <laughs> that got you the sponsorship with USN, or was it? Well, actually, I yeah, it was it was because of the role, but there was a, there's a guy working on on Seven Lawn. He's part of the uh, art department, and. Um, he worked for USN back in the day. Uh, and I, I just spoke to him over lunch one day and I said, yes, I, obviously supplements are expensive. And um, if, if, if they want me in a certain shape, I can't afford yeah. to have a strict diet the way it needs to be. And then uh, obviously supplements as well. And then he said, I worked for USN and contact this and this person. So I contacted them and said, listen, yeah, can we work on a deal? And yeah, I went in and, and ever since we... Okay. Partnership, yeah. That's awesome. Acting in <coughs> South Africa is obviously vastly different to overseas. Extremely. Have you ever gone overseas and done some acting there? Or is it I've never, Africa? I've never acted overseas. No. Well, I've, I've done plays like in Seychelles and stuff like that, but never, never in international production. Uh, it's, it, it's a different world. The thing is, when I studied drama, I studied theatre. I just wanted to be a theatre actor. I, I never, I was never interested in television or film necessarily. And the, the course that I studied was very much theater-based, Shakespearean, Elizabethan kind of vibe. And so my mind, you know, I was, I was kind of a, a purist. I was like, I'm just going to do theater. I'm not going to sell out. And that's the mentality as young actors in South Africa. So I was basically just wanting to do theater, but obviously you can't make a living, a proper living, just by doing South African theater. And so I started going into, into film and, and uh, well, yeah, film and, and a series. But so, so my, my career... I mean, it's 10 years now that I've been a professional actor, even more, 11 years. And um, I've never had the opportunity to go overseas, but I've always been busy in a production. So I've never really m- opened my, myself up for something overseas. But currently I'm looking at it. Um, it's, a, it's, a, it's a hardcore and a difficult industry to break into because there is a lot of actors overseas. Yeah. And there's a lot of South African actors that work overseas. And um, so you, you've got to kind of campaign for it in a certain way obviously audition and, and be good enough but you've got to set your mind to it and that's what i'm currently busy with i'm currently working on the body working on the skill working on different things to to eventually go and do it and i actually wanted to do it this year but because of covid and stuff like that you've got to obviously think think twice about just leaving your job yeah <laughs> so it, it, it will eventually hopefully come uh, but I've, I've been just too busy in the south african industry which i'm blessed i'm blessed for oh, definitely. yeah yeah have you obviously uh, so many different things that go into acting compared to what people think when they watch the TV shows? Exactly. What's what's the biggest misconception you'd say is between watching a show and actually you know acting itself? I'm actually glad you asked this question because you know a lot of young actors they come to me like no I want to be an actor I'm like why that's the first question I ask them why do you want to be an actor and then they can't answer me and I'm like do you want to be famous because you can instantly be famous mm-hmm. we're, in a, we're in a social media. Um, era, yeah. we can you can be famous instantly. I said, but if you want to be an actor, you can be a soap star as well. If you've got a pretty face, if you can deliver the del- lines, if you can have a bit of charm, you can be on a soap easily. I said, but if you want to be an actor, you've got to study it. So yeah, it it it's, it takes it takes a lot of work to to get there. Not that I say 
you necessarily have to study drama to be a good actor because there are good actors out there that haven't studied a day in their life. But what they do is they constantly um, enhance their skills, hone their skills. They go for coaching. They, uh, they read up. They, they watch a lot of content in terms of movies, art movies and bad movies so as to educate them. But some of the guys and some of the girls come and they just want to be famous. So, um, But there's also a difference between there is a difference i mean acting is acting it needs to be true it needs to come from a real place and you need, need to analyze your text and your character but i actually had a conversation today about the difference between being a theater actor being a film actor uh, film slash say drama series actor and being a, a, a soap actor soap actor being in soap is extremely difficult reason being it is extremely fast it, they call it an afrikaans divorce machine it's literally it's fast-paced you shoot about between 18 to 24 scenes a day. Sure. That's an episode a day. And I mean, for an episode that you see on television that is, say, it's a three-minute episode, we spend about 45 minutes shooting that scene. That's just putting it in, in, in the bag. Now, before that scene, you need to learn your lines, have subtext, you go through dialogue coaching. It is extreme, extreme hard work. And some people get away with just reading the lines and saying it, but you can see. You can see it, it's, a, it's a subpar performance. So, yeah, in, in specifically uh, uh, soap acting, for me, it's extreme. Now I'm obviously accustomed to it yeah. because you, you, you get to um, uh, practice your, your short-term memory. That's what soap is about. It's about reading it now or last week and remembering it, recording it, and then you forget it. Yeah. Where theater, your long-term memory kicks in because you do a theater play for four weeks and you rehearse for three weeks. And same with a film, you get longer time. So there's a lot of preparation. I prepare from yeah, from the moment I get my text, I read it, um, just reading like a novel, not even learning lines, because that's that's a mistake a lot of actors make is they instantly open up the text, see their, their, their character name, and they learn the lines. And that is not the way to do it, actually. Um, they get away with it, with charm and stuff. So yeah, I, I read it, read it again, and then I take about an hour, hour and a half on a Saturday or Sunday, whenever I've got time, and then I actually analyze, and there's a yeah, there's a whole lot of ways of, of analyzing it, and, and techniques you can use. And I mean, when I studied drama, I studied Stanislavski method, which is a, 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 he's the father of modern um, acting, uh, his method. And then obviously the, the method, which is Lee Strasberg. So there's a lot of things you put into it, and it's fun. It's fun creating it and analyzing text and um, analyzing a personality from 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 a paper, piece of paper and then putting yourself into that part so it's it's a lot of work and it's fun yeah it's a lot of you fun. T- you spoke about method acting have you ever gone into method acting yourself obviously in terms of staying fit for your character your character's a fit guy you yes. stay fit in real life have you ever gone to the extremes of method uh, method acting i have i have so what i do is there's a lot of different methodologies in terms of acting so i, I studied stanislavski and and uh, sanford meisner which is two very prominent modern day acting techniques or schools of thought and um so I, I use that to apply myself initially in terms of analyzing the text, getting all the theoretical things out of it, and then practicing it at, with myself in my room or wherever I rehearse, just to get different flavors and different levels. And, and there's a whole lot of, of, of things that goes into that. Goes into that. But often when I, when it's a, you can't, I can't use method necessarily every day because it, it'll it'll chow you. It'll chow you emotionally and mentally up. So what I do is I select specific storylines. Like I did in Simlana storyline, uh, I, I was hit by a car and I couldn't walk. I was in a wheelchair for, for a while. So 
um, and I draw from myself because my father was in a wheelchair. So then you go method. So as soon as everything is plotted out, they call it plotting. So it's you walk there, you sit there, what, 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 and the rehearsal is done. And then I don't go, you know, full tilt. I just go through the uh, the, yeah. the, the numbers, paint by numbers. And then when it's action, you I take a couple of minutes, you know, a minute or a half or two minutes, whatever, and get yourself into it. So so I, I apply the method only at certain times. I've done it with a play with an intense play that I did about say six or seven years ago and it, it kind of screws you up because you can't when you go method you they say you become the character you can never become someone else you're always simulating and, and stuff but you can you can draw from from your own experience and that's what the method is it's it's um, they tell you okay cool Jesse you have to draw from your own experience and sometimes actors haven't deal de dealt with with what they've gone through yeah. now you need to with a director and an actor and in front of an entire crew need to go and revisit those emotions and sometimes it's scarring and that's why for some people that they say it's true Marilyn Monroe was so screwed up because Lee Strasberg used her own emotions and what happened to her to portray a character it was a brilliant performance and people like um, James Dean and Marlon Brando, they used the method, but they were, they were very tortured and tormented individuals. Yeah. Um, so there is a place for it. I, I often use it, but I use it very carefully. And, and I always tell young actors, go for the method when you do it the take, but don't, don't become, don't, especially when you've got, I've got a wife, I've got a life, yeah. I've got to obviously operate in, in, in public. So I, if I play, I played a, a sociopath in, in Belarus back in the day. If I have to become a sociopath, I won't be able to walk in normal life. Yeah, I wouldn't have a wife or a girlfriend or friends because then you become someone you're not. So it's a very fine line between then switching on and switching off. I, 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 use, it I use it specifically the moment the camera roll, rolls. Then I start using the method. But as a, as a permanent, I will, definitely, I will definitely use it when it's a, when it's a very intense movie then i'll cut myself off and my wife knows it and i've done it in, in the past where it's a storyline and I, I i and i told her now because the storyline is coming up that i tell her listen yeah i'm going full tilt on this so obviously i'll be i'll be present but it's about two or three weeks where i just i kind of it's it's if i can, if I can paint a picture it's like i'll always keep one foot in normal day i will obviously rehearse do the do the scene as, as as best I can, but I'll always jump out as unrandom and, and you know screw yeah. around and make jokes and stuff like that. But when I shoot an intense storyline, even the cast and crew they know that I kind of I'm I'm vibrating and idling in that character or that's that environment that emotion fifty percent all the time. So I'm very I keep to myself. So and that's fun, but it's also it it, it makes it difficult for friends and family to because they never know where how. You know, you you on. And are, I think are that you, Rick, are you, you know, are you the character? Who are you? So exactly, yeah. exactly. And, and when I when I played um, Liam Leroux, which was in, in Villarosa back in the day, I went through a storyline, and, and it was a quite a lengthy one. It was about two months, and um, I worked like literally five days a week, uh, seven to seven. So it was quite, you know, hectic. And I went out with friends <coughs> on a Saturday, and I wanted to have a party. I had two drinks and all of a sudden someone came to, to our table and they they were joking around but for me it wasn't a joke that I don't know why I mean but I was in such a mental state that um, I didn't even realize it I gave him a look and I said something and afterwards my friends and they know me quite well since primary school and they said dude what what was that and I was like what do you mean they said your eyes were completely different you had different energy they felt it 
And I was like, what do you mean? And they said, we've never, ever seen you act like that. It was, it was like someone else. And then I realized, oh my word, that guy comes through. Yes. And, um, and stuff like that, when that happens, I kind of realize, okay, cool, you've got you've to have a, a midway. Specifically when you're on soap. Soap is a difficult medium to, to, be, in the, to be the character. That's why you'll see a lot of, it happens. It, it, it's just the natural progression of, of what we do. Sometimes an actor gets cast as a character in, in a soap and it's a permanent part. And then somewhere along the line, the character and the actor is actually one. So the, 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 not that they're not acting anymore, but you become, the character kind of becomes you and you become the character. And like with Rika's, there's a lot of similarities that we have, but I always try and keep a distance between us so that I don't... So then I still have to work as an actor, but yeah. because a lot of people just come on and they say the lines because their character is their personality, yes. basically. So then you don't want to limit yourself to being cast as that type of character exactly, further on. Exactly, exactly, yeah. And also the thing is, I think when, you, when you're in a soap for so long and you, you just play yourself, there's no creativity in that. Then it's only literally learning your lines and saying it with a bit of energy and stuff like that. So I like to literally... Switch it, switch it up. Obviously, there's a lot of myself in it, but uh, but you try and make it someone else. And and luckily, a lot of time when I meet people that, that watch the show, they often say, "Listen, yeah, you're completely different than your character." I'm like, "Yeah, that, but that's that's what acting is about." Yeah, you know what I'm saying. So yeah, it's acting. I'm, it's that shows acting. that I'm a good actor. <laughs> yeah. And obviously, there's been people that have taken to extremes. I'm obviously talk about you know the American celebrities. I mean, like Christian Bale. If you look at him for how he puts on weight and loses weight yeah. for his roles. Would you, obviously, as an actor, you'd be willing to go to those extremes if you had to? <coughs> definitely, definitely. With, uh, we did a, a storyline on, um, on Seven Lawn. I don't know if you remember it. Fight, uh, the fun flight to disaster. So yes, it was a plane yes, crash. Yes. And um, I read the brief. So we get a brief. Uh, or, or, or They call it grids. So the grids is like, say, two months or maybe three months ahead of just a story. No text, no dialogue, just what's going to happen. And I like to be, obviously, informed about that. So I read it. Re uh, read it a lot and then I read that we're going to go on this journey and so what I did is for myself because we, we're going to be in the bush for a week or a bit more than a week the characters and um, obviously that they can't eat there's nothing to eat so I then myself lost weight I lost a lot of weight to look like it and the director noticed that he was like wow you lost weight and I said well yeah I want to be like it because when I come back I knew the storyline that was going to be uh, I was going to be in a fight club, so then I'm going to pick up weight and okay. become more yes. muscular. So, so I went through. It's not as big a transformation as like Christian Bale or, or, or even Matthew McConaughey, yeah. but I went through that. And then, as soon as as, as the storyline flipped a bit, I trained extremely hard to become an underground fighter. And yeah, I trained. I've obviously trained with my coach, boxing and a bit of jiu-jitsu and stuff like that. Um, and I boxed myself for a long time, so I've, I'm, f I'm physical, able to to portray it. But I wanted to be on par, and yes. and also the training I went through, yeah, intense training for that. Um, so so for Seven On, there's not enough scope necessarily, and finance and funding and stuff like that. So you kind of do it on yourself, or you know, on your own pocket. Um, but if if I get an opportunity, like the Americans have the time, the resources. Um, and, and I mean, for, for me, I'm in Seminole as a permanent. So if I now get cast in a movie where I need to play a bodybuilder, I can't necessarily become the bodybuilder. Yeah. It needs to be, I, can't, I can maybe pick up five or six or seven K or whatever the case may be, but I still need to 
get on set and play Rikas and so, so uh, because I'm fully contracted. Yeah. So um, that makes it difficult in South Africa. And if, if, even if I get cast, I can't cut my hair. I can't change what, my, my appearance because I'm on first call basis. So it's, it's, it's a bit difficult for us in South Africa, but I would definitely, I know for a fact that if I, if I get an opportunity to, to play in such a movie and I'm not contracted anywhere else, I would go full tilt. I would go extreme. I would build muscle or lose muscle yeah. or shave my head or whatever the case may be. And I did it on Seven Long. They asked me, will you go bald? For, I, I did a cancer storyline and I said, obviously. Yeah, yeah man, that's, it's, it's what we do. It's yes. what I want to do. Yeah. Um, I did prosthetics on Seven Long. So, you, you try and do it as much as time and, and money allows you, but I would, yeah, I would definitely go. I'm actually in, in, in talks with someone with a script, and if, if it goes through, then I'm gonna, I'm gonna lean down like a uh, mofo. Yeah. Okay, so, so you get yeah. super lean. Yeah, I'm gonna get. And that, that would be for seven to long, yeah. <coughs> No, that would be okay. for, for, for a film, yeah. Okay. Yeah, if, How, if, if everything comes yes. through. Yes. Have you done films before? What? I have done films. Um, not a lot because I've been contracted with soaps for, for yeah. so long. But I've done um, a couple of Afrikaans films. Uh, Ashi Singh, which was in 2012, I think. Um, but that was a that was an Afrikaans musical movie with with some of the uh, Afrikaans um, uh, artists. I think it was Bobby van Jarsveld, okay. Bob van Blad. And for that, I played also uh, uh, like a what do they call it? It was called in the show Militar Ops. It's like a drill sergeant, okay. like young yes. drill, drill sergeant. And for that, I ripped to the bone. And then I did a movie where I played the lead, me and Marissa Drummond, in um, 2016, I think it was. It was called Eindelijk Nogal and that did quite well. And um, that was emotional, quite an emotional um, film. But yeah, for the rest, there's, there's not been... Look, the thing is, I've also spoken to a lot about that, or about it to my agent, and... I don't, I've never just taken a movie just for the bucks or just to be famous. I've, that was never, ever my my goal. I never wanted to be famous. That wasn't the, the objective of why, why yeah. I acted. It just naturally happened that I got in a soap and the soap is obviously in, in people's living rooms every single day. So you become known. Yeah. So it was never that for me. Um, <clears throat> so I, I, there's a lot of movies that I didn't do or didn't audition for. Um, and luckily, sometimes I didn't get... I think I was protected in some ways. Not that I say the movies were bad, but it's. It, it, I, I always want to do something that suits me, but also challenges me. But I just I don't want to do something just for doing it. That that's for me always. And luckily I was, by the gods, protected not to be in anything that is completely tanked. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Thanks heavens for yes. that. Because also you want to. There's a thing you only as good as your last performance. Um, um, I mean, you would know if you're on stage, you're only as good as your last yeah, look. And then if you're not good yeah. enough, you're not good it's enough. It's almost like anything in life. Exactly. Well. People only remember the you know the exactly. least, most recent thing. And it's also, if it's a bad thing, then they definitely... Then they're going to remember it. And I always said to myself, okay, cool. You always have to give 110% that you possibly can at that stage. Whatever your skill set, whatever your experience is, you've got to give it full tilt, not yeah. go in half-ass. And yeah. I always said that. And luckily, and now even... Um, I'm 36 now and I've got a quite, a, quite a good career so now I'm at that stage where if a script comes to me or an audition comes to me and I, I don't feel it I won't do it I won't put myself out for something that you know is not going to work yes. for me um, but I'm luckily blessed because I have a permanent job I've got a permanent role so yeah. a lot of other freelance artists they're not so blessed because they have to take work and um, sometimes you're in a bad production or a bad experience or you take a character that is really not suited for you. That also happens a lot in South Africa where actors or actresses just take a role and then they're not suited. Yeah. They're not suited. And I think we can learn from the American actors and, and, and about 
they sometimes like Daniel Day Lewis, one of my, my my idols. He said no to Link, the, the the part of Lincoln for over ten years. He said no, and they came back to him. He said no, I'm not ready. I'm not ready. Take, call someone else. And they worked on the script. And eventually, when they came to him after about fifteen years, he said, "Now I'm ready." Sure. And they could have done it with any other actor. Yeah, but they didn't. In, 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 the, in the last fifteen years, he yeah. said, "I'm not right. I'm not right for it now. I'm not ready for it." And that just goes to show you. But also, then again, the flip side of it is. They make enough money to say no to parts. Yes, yeah. Like they're able to because they're not. You know, you don't have a. It doesn't matter that you don't have a job for a year. Exactly. You know that you've had enough payday we, from the previous roles. We can't roles. do it. We can't do it. Like yeah. like Matthew McConaughey, one of my most favorite actors. Um, I mean, he he was known just for romantic comedies, and he did well within the genre. He was yeah. a fantastic actor, but people were saying, "But you're a romantic comedy actor," and then he took an hiatus for about seven years. We saw him constantly because we repeat, repeat movies yeah, on, yeah. Our, on our televisions. But he, he took a break for seven years and then he came back and he won an Oscar. Yeah. And he did, he, did, he did True Detective and he did all those shows and he was fantastic. And yeah. I mean, when you look back at it, people would never have thought that he, he was able to win an Oscar. Yeah. And then he, so, but that's, that's, that's the ability for them. They can do that because he's got bucks yeah. and, and he can chill for and seven also, years. Yeah, he knows that even though he's not acting for seven years, he's got other sources of income that have exactly, been able to set exactly. him up. Exactly, royalties and yes. appearances, whatever you, you're a part of. So it makes it m easier for the American actors. Um, for us, it's a bit difficult. You have to, you have to take on sometimes a role. On, and and if, even now, specifically now with COVID and lockdown and restrictions, oh, the actors are struggling. If you're not on a soap... It's a tough business. Yeah, because eh? mm. no one's got money. No one wants to budget for something. Cause That's the thing. And, yeah. and they're trying the online uh, uh, thing, you know, but it's, it's, still, it's still difficult. It's still yeah. difficult for the actors to, to sell those tickets. And I mean, the musos, they sell more tickets because it's easier for people to sit at home on a Friday night or a Saturday, buy a ticket, have a bra, have a drink and watch a rock show or a you know, musical show. But to watch a theater play, it's still difficult for people to think, but I can just watch TV. Yes. And we are a television nation in south africa i mean that's what we do uh we, we do go to, to 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 cinemas or we went to cinemas but um it's comfortable and it's also i think i had a conversation with someone about it why why isn't theaters and movie theaters full and my my opinion about that was it's it, it's becoming expensive first of all and it becomes dangerous to go out so you want to go and watch a movie on, on, on a Friday night, 7 o'clock. Okay, cool. You, you, you run the risk of getting hijacked. You, then you have to pay, say it's you and your wife and your kids. It's about a 400 bucks bill just for that. And yeah, that's without snacks. Yeah, and then you want to chow something yeah. beforehand or afterwards. It, it turns out a massive, and yeah. you're sitting in someone, and then you need to drive home. Whereas now with television and Netflix, yeah, Netflix. You, you chill in your couch with your slops on, with your gown, and you yeah. can watch whatever you want. But that's also what Netflix is doing, is bringing out movies that should have actually been in the cinema. Exactly. Actually, I, started, I think it started off with Bright. Yeah. When that came out, that's a movie that should have been in the cinema. Then it's like even White Boy Rick with yes. um, Matthew McConaughey, that didn't even go to the cinema because there was no need to because their viewership's on television. It's huge. And, I mean, and that's why we are a television nation because, and that's why soap does so well in South Africa and, and, and series because people are on their couches. That's where they are. Yeah. And um, they don't have to drive anywhere. They're safe. They're warm, and they've got their own snacks. So, yeah. so yeah, it's 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 a difficult thing. And now even more. I mean, even if if if, from my opinion is, even if the levels uh, relaxes, it's still going to be a long time before theaters and festivals are full. Look, there there will be some people that just want to go out because we are we are social beings. Yeah. But um, then you've got the, f the the factor of people don't have enough money. 
because to go to a theater or to a festival is it's expensive. It's expensive. Yeah. It's expensive, yeah. You as an actor in Seven <coughs> Alone, obviously people get written out of the story. Is there a time where, let's say, even your contract, let's say you've got a contract for another year afterwards, is there a possible time where they actually want to change the story, they like actually want to write you out? Yeah, look, the things with the soap, you can all, you can never be sure of your, of your part. You can be the most popular character and a fantastic actor. If, if a call gets made upstairs, it gets made. Um, and that happens quite a lot with, with actors. You think you're safe. So it's a, it's a yeah, it's, when you're in it, you're in it. And I'm lucky to, to, to have a popular character and they write it beautifully. So, so I'm blessed about that. But the thing is, they kind of give you the heads up if they're going to continue with you. And you can see where the storyline goes. And as, as long as you don't screw up, you know, get to get drunk and, and you know, yeah. those kind of things, you're kind of secure-ish of a job. But... They can just say with the, the storyliners or the producers or even SABC or whatever the broadcaster is can say, listen, yeah, we're not going on with that character. It doesn't suit our, our mandate or our marketing strategy or whatever the case may be. And then they can cut you, you know, prematurely of your contract if you're on a permanent contract. But you as an actor as well, you can choose to, to uh, you know, go before your contract and you just work a month or two. So we are never secure of a job. Um, you know, there's, there's stories about actors literally getting fired now and they shoot their last scene tomorrow, but sure. they still got a full contract. Yeah. Yeah, obviously, you get paid and all those legalities still happen, but they can let you go tomorrow. Yeah. It's so ruthless. Yeah. And um, if you if you don't come to the party, look, they, they give you, a, it, I, I shouldn't actually say this, but they give you a lot of opportunity. Not to mess up, but they, they protect you because you, you're part of the brand, yeah. but only to a certain place. I mean, Charlie Sheen was fired from <laughs> Two and a Half Men. Yes, he yeah. was Two and a Half yeah, Men. He was, yeah. So, and, and it's, it's for me, it's always a, it's a sensitive <coughs> subject because I believe I put 110% in, my, in, my, in the production, in my, in my character, and then I feel I am I'm a viable product. I'm you know, worth something for the product. Where America, that's how they see it. You as an actor, you as a, as, a, as a brand, are important to a show or a movie, and that's how they do it. But there's a fine line where people then become arrogant and say, like, I am the show, I am this. So I've, I've, I always fight the fight of, <sighs> my character's popular, yes, because it's written popular. That comes from you guys. But I also do my part. Yeah, of course. So I've got an investment. Other than just my salary that I'm getting, I feel that I've got an investment in this production. I'm not an owner and I'm not a, a producer of the, of the production, but because of what I put in and because what, and you can see what people put in, what they don't put in. You yeah. can see people just come rock up, river lines, whatever, but you can see, also see people when they do the extra mile. And so it's, it's an ongoing fight with, with the actors and producers and companies where they like, you are disposable. You can just, you can be super famous and you can be extremely hardworking and talented and the public likes you, but just because a producer or someone doesn't like you, boop, you get cut. That to me is, is unfair and it happens. It happens a lot. So, um, yeah, it's, it's still a battle that we're fighting as actors. Uh, I don't think we'll ever, in my time on this planet, we'll, we'll win the battle. But, um, yeah, the thing for me is to, to create a platform for myself use the platform that I'm on and be blessed for it to create something of a longevity so that when when what happens I can still go on and luckily you know I'm continuing to to hone my craft I'm, I'm doing classes I'm, I'm working on my skills so even though I enjoy working on on, on the soap and and stuff it's it's not and a, and a, and a veteran actor said it once 
he said, no soap is the be all and end all. People feel like it because where am I going to get another job? And it's a, it's a tough time. But you've got to let your work speak for yourself. Yeah. Um, and, and, and that is why often, often why actors get fired or the contracts doesn't get renewed is because you can see when they don't put anything or when they get, it's, there's a thing they say in, in specifically CNN about soap is like you come there on the set as a nobody and you start and you're like starry eyed and it's all these things and you're acting and the moment those people, the episode is and he's genoot and all these magazines want to interview you, all of a sudden they switch. They're like, oh, but I'm famous now. Okay. And that's where, that's where it gets tricky because the producers and directors, they see it and they're like, okay, cool, but you're done. And you're like, but why am I done? I'm yes. famous. Doesn't mean anything. Uh, so it's it's yeah, it's a it's a double-edged sword. It's kind of. But that's <laughs> I think anyone anyone who does super well needs to remain humble. And anyone everybody needs to you know stay level-headed. And I'm sure there's people that there's directors that see this like this little kid. Why is he you know getting so arrogant and so cocky? And I'm sure that's could be why some people get written out of stories because they also and then they burn bridges with these directors exactly yeah the thing is when, when that happens people think the act, the young actors or the naive actors not necessarily just the young actors yeah. but the naive actors they think yes i'm famous i get i'm getting recognized i'm getting this sponsorship i'm getting this i'm getting that all these lovely things and it's beautiful and then they neglect their work but what they don't realize is that directors producers people see crew even they see it and they start talking. And when you're so up in your own head, um, you won't see it. And then either you get, like I said, you get terminated from the contract and then they ask why, or you start seeing that you get less and less and less storylines, less and less screen time. Um, you can still feel it. And then then they're shocked. But why does this happen? Because your work's not on top, because you think you're bigger than the show. Uh, and I had, I had a conversation with my producer once and I said, I will never be bigger than a show or bigger than a pro nobody no person can be bigger than any broadcaster or show because they can fire you they've, they've got the right to but you can be big and give everything and still be humble like you said humble and work with integrity and it's a fine line with with television actors they yeah it's i think it's a bug or it's a dirty thing that bites them and and they become something that they not supposed to be or that they they weren't when they rocked up there any advice you could give someone maybe because i mean everybody watches tv and is like i want to be but it's mainly because people want to be famous mm. but what advice could you give some some person that maybe is listening to this they would like to obviously get into acting there's two ways for me to uh, to approach it and to break into acting firstly either go study at a reputable uh, university or college or, or you know if if you can you know um, if you've got the funds for it because it teaches you the basics it gives you resilience it gives you practice um, and when you're in, a, in a, an environment like that there's there's room for failure you can you can bust out you can fail you can try you can learn um, because it's it's a safe environment it's an educational environment um, and then because when you go into the industry there's not a lot of room for error uh, to, mis to make mistakes because you're only as good as your last performance so I'd say if, if you can go and study if you've got the time but if you don't have the time and, 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 and money to do it I'd say educate yourself. Go onto YouTube is full of, of um, cl classes, master classes, tips and stuff like that. Watch movies. Maybe do a deal with someone and, and do acting classes. It's always important to, to work at your skill because I always tell, tell young actors or people, aspiring actors, I'm like, okay, cool, you want to be an actor. Um, will you do what it takes to be an actor? Will you work on your craft? Because it's not acting is not just being famous, just saying lines and smiling. Yeah. It's, there's, there's a lot of things that go into it. It's, it's 
You have to work with the psyche, with the emotion and all that and sort yourself out as well. I, say, I said to them, would you go to a doctor and say, operate me, but he didn't study? Yeah, exactly. Not that I say, again, not that I say you have to study to be an actor, but say you, so I come, come in for a consultation and I say, tell the doctor, okay, I've got a pain here, yeah, yeah. Yes, he's an experienced doctor, but even a doctor with 30 years experience will examine your case and do study on your case before he operates. Yeah. I tell people, if you're in, in, in trouble, will you go to a lawyer and let him just wing it? No, you want him to do the research and yeah. to be excellently qualified in able to, to, to be able to help you. Otherwise, you're going <laughs> to go to jail. Yes. So that's the same with acting. Why is it any different? Why do, does anyone want to act? Again, you don't necessarily have to have a degree to act, but you have to do the due diligence. You have to study. You have to work at it because it is also a profession. And there's a lot. I always get sad about this fact. Is there's a lot of brilliant actors that is not working because of the fact that they don't look the parts or whatever the case may be. And then there's people popping up on your screen that is absolutely untrained and green and doesn't do the work. And I've met actors, I've, I've played with, with, with a guy now that has never been trained, but when he got the part, he worked extremely hard and he grew each and every single year he grew as an actor. That is obviously you know, commendable, he worked at it. Yeah. So my opinion always will be, get some form of education, but do so, I, I, I studied drama, I qualified, I'm 10 years in the industry, I still learned up to this day. I never stop learning, I read books, I refer back to manuals like Stanislavski stuff and Meisner, I watch you know, movies and analyze it, I ask questions, I've got mentors in the industry that is fantastic, and even I learn from the young actors because you see what they do and you're like, wow, this guy comes in with some different attitude and flame, and, but a good thing, and you learn from that. Yeah. So never stop learning, and um, and the other thing is you gotta be you gotta be resilient in this industry because you get a lot of no's. I, I've I've auditioned for Simon five times, only got it on the fifth time. Sure. So I could have given up on the second time, third time. They're like, nah, it's not mine. But I just said, you know what? Uh-uh. I'll go back. What did I do wrong? What can I work on? What can I better? And I came back, and the fifth time I was like. This is mine. I actually, when I went into the audition... Was to it for the same role? <coughs> no, no, no. It was five different roles. Okay. Um, but each year, obviously, I wasn't good enough or I didn't have a f following or whatever the case. There was always a, an excuse. But obviously, I, I, I knew that I wasn't ready for it. Yes. And um, the fifth time, I got the brief and I read it, read the character brief, and I was like, this, this is mine. And I didn't even know who was going to audition with me because they said it's the final callback and there's, there's three, three, three actors for my character. I was like, okay, cool, no problem. I flew back from Cape Town, I was still working in Cape Town at that stage, and um, came into the studio, rocked up at the studio, and two of my friends were there. They were auditioning for the same part. And obviously with no ego arrogance, I was like, guys, it's nice that you came, but this, this is my is part. Mine, yeah. They were like, what? I'm like, yeah, this is, this is mine. But you can audition, and you can watch my audition. And they were laughing, and it, but when I got there, I just knew this was my time. So it's a resilient, and it's a, it's yeah. a, you have to have a healthy confidence, not a, not a yeah, it's a, it's, a, it's a fine line. So. That'll be my... my it's, it's confidence, not arrogance. Yes, that's the thing, yeah. And, and it, the only way you can have confidence in any industry, I believe, is if you are knowledgeable, if yeah. you are informed. You can't... I won't go into a domain where I know nothing and be arrogant. I know any, everything. I don't know. Yeah. I want to learn. And, and Robert Kiyosaki says it. You always need to be the dumbest person in the room. I always want to learn. Yes. The moment you feel that you are the most intelligent, the most experienced, get a different room. Go yeah. to another room. Get different you know, mentors or, or, or icons. Uh, and, and, and that is what acting is in any industry. You've got to continue learning. You've got to.
And in learn, you so I'm sure your wife maybe maybe you do this maybe you don't. But if you watch movies with your wife, do you watch this actor and you maybe explain things to her? Be like, okay, he did this because of this. He she she gets angry. <laughs> She's like, stop it! I want to I want to look at the movie. I want to watch yeah. the movie. Um, but so what I do is I definitely when I watch something I analyze it. Not 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 to be critical, but I want to see because obviously I'm still a human being and I still watch it as yeah. as entertainment or to be inspired and. We, we feel the way we feel. If, if something touches you, it does. So if I see a performance, I'm not looking at it like, oh, let me see what he does wrong or what he does right. If I get the feeling, then I'm like, why did, because he did something wrong. And in that way, I try, and that's why always I watch movies twi- uh, twice or three times because I want to see why they did what they did. Um, so I, I, I look at it at, in a very um, uplifting, critical way to see how can I also better myself. Yeah. Uh, and often you see then when an actor is completely not connected to the character. I can often see that yeah. um, because I mean I act every single day, so you you kind of work that muscle. And also you you act I act opposite a lot of people that you can see oh, you're not really there or you're still on the page. We call it you're still on the page. You're not really in character. You're still thinking of the lines and stuff like that. Okay. And it happens because it's a fast medium. It's a it's extreme fast medium. So yeah, I definitely I definitely analyze performances. Yeah. Would you ever wanting, want to go into directing? Definitely. That's my next step. I am trying now to get an opportunity to um, direct my first short films. I'm working with, with a couple of guys that's going to fund it. Um, yeah, I, like I said, I've, I've been in this industry for quite some time. I've worked with fantastic directors and I've worked with some shitty directors. So you kind of get to know how you would work. And because I've been acting constantly for 11 years, that muscle is, is, is quite quite worked. And um, on soap specifically, uh, often when, when I get to set, because you learn your lines and you do your thing and then you get blocking. But what I do is I tell the director, they call it a camera script. So they've got a script, A4, where they script the camera shots. So And then since I started there, I was like, give me this, give me that script. And then I quickly see, so I, I, okay. I learn like that. I'm like, ah. And then I can often see now, I can often see when something's not going to work and they need to change it. I know exactly where they're going to change the shots or dropping a shot or whatever yes. the case may be you get kind of you yes. know knowledgeable yeah. about that so so the next step for me is definitely to to get my name out there as a director and direct my first thing just go go for it um whether it's on soap or my own like i said my own short film i think yeah i will never stop being an actor because that's what i love i think that is that i think that is my purpose but the thing is i i also i'm a very i'm an educator as well i want to educate i want to inspire and i think i don't want to be a teacher necessary i don't mind being acting coach for someone but I think in, 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 in the role of a, of a director, I think I've, yeah, I've got a lot to, to learn still, but to give. Okay. Anyone, <laughs> we'll talk about American scene because obviously most people, you know, watch American TV. Is there anyone that you really watch in the current circuit now of acting, TV, movies, whatever it may be, that you really aspire to or you really find motivation from? Yeah, look, um, like I said, he's, he's not currently acting anymore, but Daniel Day-Lewis for me is a fantastic um, example of, of really committed to your to your parts and to your role but he's he's he goes method which is which is not always yeah. <laughs> the best way to go um and then like i said matthew mcconaughey is is, is quite cool currently yeah there's there's a lot of actors doing well but they're going more towards series so and 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 i've been out of the loop with with netflix series at this stage um and I don't know all the names, but there's there's a couple of good series that come up, and I'm like, wow, yes, this guy does fantastic work. And then you don't know their names, yeah. But they're just fantastic, and that's that's what we say. 
you might be a name and yes you might be good but there are so many actors out there that are yeah. extremely good and because we are on the netflix era is that any unknown can became become a known overnight because he's a fantastic actor and he, and he shows it so there's a couple of series here and there i watched this series last year and the call it, it's called warrior it was based on bruce lee's memoirs and stuff like that so it was a karate action kind of thing and two of my friends were stuntmen on it and those actors for me was fantastic i don't know what the lead actor was he played well the bruce lee character yeah. um he was fantastic in what he did the, the commitment to the role the physicality um because that's also an avenue i want to pursue is action more action kind of well speaking of action you actually just did a the ninth, ninth life crisis yeah and, and that that i watched that and it was it was a, it was like four minutes it's five, a, it's eight a, minutes a ten minutes, ten minutes yes action and it was american grade acting and action and everything that. yeah so that that quick the story about that is um i worked on seven lawn back in the day and then at the stage we had to get a stunt double for my character and then this guy came in rion and we met and he was my stunt double and we worked together and he sorry he choreographed the fight sequence that we had to do on on, on Valorosa. and then he looked at me as like but you can actually move because we often work with actors that can't move can't fight and you're quite good so i did a lot of the fighting he just did some of the more dangerous stuff and we kept contact throughout the years and then was it last year april about he 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 phoned me he said listen yeah because uh, we were obviously checking up on each other every now and again his career my career he was doing fantastic work like in resident evil okay. mad max stuff like that and he phoned me up he said listen i've got a project that i want you to be a part of i was like okay cool sell it to me he says like okay cool and we did a skype interview and he, he said to me i want you to play a superhero <laughs> i was like what and he it, it was a project that they worked on for a while because they stunned me and they wanted to kind of flip the switch on how action is being done more like a john wick kind of yeah. uh, feel to it and i was like dude what do i need to do to get the pot he says you've got the pot just come over and so i went over last year august so it was it in america no no we shot it in cape town okay okay and so so it was rion and deville they, they are two stunt performers they wrote they uh, designed the choreography the fight choreography we got it's a small limited crew but it was so professionally done and so nice i flew in i got treated like royalty yes yes that was fantastic and then to get into that suit was that ah, was it was so cool yeah. it's a practical suit obviously a tactical suit so um but he designed it himself with well, that, that suit was you know like i've seen you know like arrow at cw where their yes. suit actually isn't good where, but that's that suit that you're wearing was like you know dc or marvel movie exactly. quality when i saw this because he, he sent me kind of um, images as 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 he started designing it, but I think I'm speaking on a correction. But I think he designed it with one of the guys that co-designed or co-helped design Resident Evil stuff. So they were quite quite knowledgeable yeah. people. And I got there, and I think I was there was about a day and a half where I did all the stunts. So they sent me all the videos. It was such a nice experience, and the way they did it, and even the the, the time we shot the film and the sequences. I, was, I realized that this was going to be something something great and they only did it for just to have fun really yeah. to to shoot something i said i just want to be a superhero i just want yeah. a, an action reel yeah. um and then they sent me the final that, that that's on, on youtube now and I, I watched it i was like is that me yeah. and we actually they actually uh, entered a short film film festival okay where they are now uh, accepted so hopefully we they win yeah. something yeah it was a fantastic and i want to use that as a show reel to show people 
that yes I can act but I can also move yeah. I can move look a lot of the stunts he did obviously the wire works and stuff like that because it's insurance stuff and and stuff like that but the fight sequences some of the jumps yeah it was it was me it was fantastic to do that yeah that's awesome that's very I cool and it. I'm very <laughs> glad that there was a lot of blood and a lot of broken bones and everything. That, that's, <laughs> I think that's also what, like John Wick, as you say, that's yes. what makes a film, exactly. I think, is, you know, the realness of it. And, yeah. you know, you, you look at the broken arm, you're like, you, you feel it and yep. you feel it in your body. Exactly. Yeah. And that also must, must have cost a lot, but obviously they invested in themselves and they invested yes. in the show. Yes, they obviously, they, they've made a lot of friends through the years and they're good guys. So people often came with... Um, sponsorships and stuff like that yes they put out a couple of bucks to, to yeah. do, do certain things because you can't do it out of nothing but um because they work so hard they are humble guys they are hard-working guys i think throughout the years people saw their vision uh, i mean some of the equipment was given to them for free sure. um some people came to work for free uh you know because they, they believed in the product so much and um yeah it was it was it was nice to be in that environment where there was no ego all integrity everybody works um, you know, every, when, when we set up, everybody sets up. They tell me, no, go sit there. I'm like, no, 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 I'll, I'll carry stuff. So, yeah. um, and, and I think that shows because they were so, so, so dedicated to, to what they do. And, and also, I mean, you, you, you speak about how the visuals looked. It's because they were working in the genre for close to 10 years, international standards. So they learned from these guys, Mad yeah. Max and Resident Evil. I think they worked on John Wick as well. And Rion, he was a stunt double for Vin Diesel in one yeah. of these films. So... So, I mean, these guys were working big, big productions, and, yeah. um, and that showed. I mean, they're not directors. We had a director, fantastic director, uh, Brendan, but um, they kind of, because it's mostly an action sequence yeah. kind of thing, they were hands-on, especially Deville. Deville Vanik, he's, a, he's a, also a stunt performer. So, yeah, the, the, the detail was just, ah, oh, it was fantastic. I was, I was in awe. I was like, what? Yeah. I'm just on the coattails, yeah. <laughs> I, I, was, I was watching on my phone, and then I was like, no, I actually need a bigger screen. So then I went yes. to my laptop, and I watched it on my laptop, <laughs> and it was cool. And the sound, because they had a first cut, and then Rion wasn't uh, happy with the sound, so he redid that. And he said to me, you know, watch it with earphones on or with a sound surround system or whatever. Okay. And I did. I was like, whoa. Yeah, and he, they, they showed it to a lot of producers, a lot of international stunt people and they were like what is this what you guys did sure and they they made the comparison of it it's similar to a john wick that's the new style of action that needs to be okay. to be done now yeah. yeah that's cool that you can set the president and that's in south africa as well exactly exactly in closing i want to ask you a question what would you say is more important a good actor or a good director it's obviously a very difficult question it is um i think i would say i've i've, I've never been in too much the position of a director but you need a fantastic direct director you can be an average actor if you've got a very good director um you can bring magic out of an actor you can be a fantastic actor if you don't have a good director that actor's going nowhere yeah. um some actors obviously you just act because your director is shit or whatever sorry can i say shit? yeah it's fine just... um uh, but but i i've often seen when you've got an average actor, but you've got a fantastic director, that actor becomes something different. Okay. Because we as actors, you are just there as, as you, you, you just, you're pliable. You, you're like water. You want to be shaped. Yes, you've got your preparation. You've got your idea. But, and, and often what happens is some directors, they don't have people skills. And the first thing of a director is you're working with people. So the first thing you have to like is actors and people. And often you get a director that, director that don't like people and they don't like actors. They're like, I hate actors. But why are you, why are you a director then? You don't are be in the working industry. with actors. Yeah. 
And the flip side of it, if I'm on, on, a, on a set and I, I need to do a scene, I'm obviously opening myself up. I'm becoming vulnerable to be able to play emotions. And if you shut me down because of your attitude or because of what you say, then I'm not going to perform the way I need to perform. So I would say you definitely need a good, good, good director every single time. And a lot of times a director is a glorified cameraman. I'm not saying that cameramen can't be directors, but if you want to be a proper director, you need to know how to coax emotions out of a person, how to make them feel comfortable to become vulnerable. Yeah. And um, I've worked with a couple of directors that, that are able to do that with one or two words, with working with you, you come up with performances that you can't believe you can do. So I would definitely say, um, if I have to choose, a very good director. Okay, awesome. Bro, thank you so much for coming on. I really appreciate it. And I know anyone who's listening to this that might not have watched Seven Alone is going to go back and start from 20 years ago yeah. and hopefully get into the series. <laughs> thank you so much for having me. I appreciate it, man. Of course, bro. Thank you very much. And enjoy the training during lockdown. I'm sure that's actually been a bit of a stress. We haven't even talked about that. Let's get into that for a little bit. Yes, okay, cool. Um, yeah, I've, I love training. I've always, always loved it. Um, but the training during lockdown was difficult for me because I had a couple of small equipment, a 22.5 dumbbell, 16 kilogram um, kettlebell. And also my dumbbell setup was about, oh, my barbell setup was about 35, 40 Ks. So you can do a lot with it, but there's a point where you need more weight. Yeah. So um, luckily I was dedicated. I thought to myself, as soon as lockdown happened, you need to stick to a schedule because otherwise you're gonna lose everything that yeah. you had before lockdown. And so I made, I made myself a, a promise and I stuck to that schedule. Whether it's cardio, whether I do it 10 minutes or 20 minutes, what, or whatever I do, I need to keep on. And luckily I didn't lose too much. Um, and also what I did is, I said to myself, during lockdown, I'm not going to overeat myself. Yeah. I'm going to stick to a certain yeah, a diet. Yes, that's yeah. the problem. And um, I got a bit more equipment. And, and so for me, it was just dedicating. But I think if, if it wasn't for lockdown, I would have been in way better shape. Yeah. But um, luckily, I, I stuck to it. And my coaches helped me. And, you know, because I knew I was going back to Seven Lawn and the storylines. And, and, and I'm dedicated in that way. I want to be, you know, I want to come with something, you know, spectacular and also you want to say to people like okay cool lockdown happened but look at me I, i'm still get the best of i me. can still look yeah. good um and now i'm just waiting for my extra weights and then i'm going to train some, a, a bit harder because I, I actually about three weeks ago i did my first heavy squat it killed me yeah. i couldn't walk for two days yeah, and when, I was you, so when you're weak. out of it for a bit and then you get back into oh, it and, and also deadlifts in the following week we did deadlifts and i I could deadlift quite heavy, and then we went back there, and he's, my coach said, I said, go heavier. He says, uh-uh, this is what you're going to deadlift. Yeah. And as soon as I picked it up, I was like, ah, okay, cool, you're right. <laughs> Let's start would you Would you say that's the same as acting, if, you have a, if you've been out of it for a while? Definitely, definitely. It's a, it's a muscle. It's a, it's, a, it's a mental and emotional muscle that you, that you work. And if you've been, a lot of actors, when they haven't been acting for a while, they call it, I'm rusty. It is because your memory is not as pliable and as, as good as it is when you're constantly acting. And also, you're working with emotions and, and you have to coax it. And also, you, you become confident in front of the camera or on the stage. And when you're away from it from a, for a while, it, you, it's kind of, you're kind of nervous again. Yeah. I mean, when I'm on holiday December and I come back January, I'm super confident, but you get there, you're like, okay, you need to find your rhythm again. So. So it's, yeah, it's exactly the same. You have to constantly, constantly work at it. Um, you can't stop. And, and the thing is for me, like many things, if you, if, you, if you do it properly, acting needs to be a lifestyle. 
I'm not saying people should be, oh, I'm Archie, I'm now an actor, and I'm this and weird. I mean, you can still be the normal person, but acting needs to be a lifestyle in terms of you've got to constantly work at it, and you've got to, we, we have to observe, observe every single day. If I, I, I sit in a, in a restaurant or wherever I sit and I see people, I, I, I somehow I watch them as well as a database, as how do they react to this? Or when I see something happening, I'm, I'm looking at it, and I'm like, okay, so that person reacted that way. And it sits somewhere in your, in your subconscious and whenever you read something that, and, and that triggers it, you're like, oh, that's how that guy reacted. Yeah. Okay, cool, I can use it because it, that, that's real. Whatever yeah. you see in, 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 in the world is real. So you have to make it a lifestyle. You can't stop ever. Even if you're not in a production, keep at it. Like, read up on it. Watch movies. Go for coaching. Go for classes. Even the top, I mean, Meryl Streep, she still goes for coaching. Sure. I mean, it's, it's an Oscar winner. It's, a, it's yeah. a huge actress. They constantly go for training. Because if you want to be the best, you've got to continuously, exactly. continuously keep at it. Exactly. There's a saying, uh, Matt Fraser says that he's, from, he's a CrossFit athlete. He says, you've got to do what other people aren't willing to do so that you can do what other people can't do. Yeah. And that is the same for acting. I, I use it in, in my daily life. If I'm not going to do that extra work, I'm going to rock up on set and look like an ass. And I don't want that. Because I call myself a professional and I want to show the people that I'm a professional. I don't want anybody to have something to say, oh, Andre wasn't, you obviously you make mistakes and you fluff and you know, you're human, but being prepared, being on point, being there present, yeah, you'll never catch me with my pants around my ankles like that, yeah. never, no. Well, brother, you, you said it perfectly and that's perfect closing, so thank you very much, I really appreciate it. Thank you so much, man. Cool, guys, thank you very much for listening.